Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. Happy Labor Day weekend to everyone. We know we've got people that told us they're out camping this weekend, but they're coming back for this series. So if there's people in Bermuda shorts and flip-flops, it's okay. This is your place, church. You can come as you are. We know some people were out on vacation. They wanted to get back for the beginning of our fall ministry season, which starts today with this series that we have entitled Spice It Up. And uh, I don't know about you, but I love food. I don't have an unhealthy love for food. I just love food. Unfortunately, today I will not be eating until lunchtime because that's just the way it is every day. Um, My first meal is around lunchtime, which reminds me, uh, there was a couple and they were texting each other back and forth and the wife texts the man and says, hey, have you had lunch? And he replied, have you had lunch? And she says, no, I'm asking you if you've had lunch. He replied, no, I'm asking you if you've had lunch. She says, are you copying me? He replied, are you copying me? She said, let's go shopping. He said, no, I've had lunch. Anyway, moving right along. I love food, I do. Not in an unhealthy way, but for me, um, I've always envisioned myself, I'm the cook at our home, and so I, thank you, I do a good job, thank you. And so I've always envisioned myself in a big kitchen, making food for family, for friends. If you're hungry, come over, like I enjoy it. And uh, I never had that dream fulfilled, much like it has been in the last few uh, last few years, really, um, since our kids have gotten older, some of them, obviously all of them now, have, uh, have moved out of the nest. And, uh, and so Monday nights are family dinner at our house. And so it's given me an option to kind of get creative with our menu options. And I'm doing things now like stuffed pork chops, where I let the uh, pork chop sit in an apple, sit- uh, apple cider uh, brine for like four or five hours, you know what I mean? And, and soak those, those juices in there. I, soak, uh, I stuff them with a cornbread stuffing and I grill them. It's amazing. We, we, we enjoy that. I'm doing a marinated flank steak, okay? So I've marinated all night long, let it get real nice and juicy. And then I put like onions and peppers in it with a cilantro pesto in there and I roll it up into these little wraps and uh, I grill them. And I mean, it just, it just falls off as you're, as you're putting it into your mouth. And my, my, those are, that's my wife's favorite thing I've been doing here recently. I've been doing these little, um, these little hamburger cup things, right? So it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a pound of beef that I wrap around a bowl and I make this little hamburger bowl, right? And I put onions and peppers, like fajita onions and peppers in there. And then I, and then I cook them. And those are great. I've been doing a sunrise version, which is with an egg and bacon, a little cheese, put a little jalapeno on top, you know what I mean? And, and then I cook those, and everybody's loving this, this, this new side of me. Uh, I started smoking some meats here lately, and all of this is fun, and it's super flavorful. And I'm of the mindset that food by itself is just an obligation, you know what I mean? We have to eat so we just eat, right? But you put a little marinade on that food, you put a little 
salt and pepper, maybe some cayenne pepper on that food, and all of a sudden, we've got an experience. You know what I mean? It's an experience, and eating can be an experience. Well, a lot of people think of their marriage the same way. It's an obligation, right? It's a, necess- it's a necessity for life or, or whatever. But I'm here to tell you this weekend, if you would sprinkle, you don't have to make it spicy, just sprinkle a little salt, a little pepper on that relationship, it will go a long way. Some of us, the reason why we're married is because, well, I got her pregnant. Or, you know, or, you know what, we were dating in high school, so this just seemed like the next step. Some people are like, I just wanted out of the house, so I met the first guy I could or the first girl I could, and they, they saved me from my home. And it's bland, and there's no flavor, no flavor there. I, I, would, I would stand up here and tell you today that Tyra and I have worked really, really hard to create what I would say is a very flavorful marriage and relationship, but it took time. And now I don't want a bland marriage anymore. I don't, want just, I don't want just a staple of life. I want something that I can experience. And the scripture that we're using for this entire series comes from Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to start reading in verse 19. The Bible says, Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper, the Bible says, was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took the man's ribs, or one of the man's ribs, and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of the man. This is why the man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. So when it said that there was no suitable helper found for the man, that word Helper comes from the word azar in the original Greek and Hebrew, right? Azar is, is the word, and that literally means an indispensable companion. In fact, that word azar is used 16 times in Scripture to describe God Himself as an indispensable companion. It also means one who does what we can't do for ourselves. So God looks down, He sees the man. And he says, there is no indispensable companion for him. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make one for him. He makes the woman. He brings her to the man. And over the next five weeks, we're going to talk about being created to help. We're going to talk about spicing things up. We're going to do this little mini conference, right? And people, you're going to want to be a part of that. And I don't even know if there's any spots left, which is why we really need phase one to be done, because then we can start on phase two, and this wall goes away, and this auditorium gets about twice the size. Amen, everyone? Super excited about that. Then we can have more people at our, at our conferences. But we're going to do this, and we're going we're gonna to spend the next five weeks having conversations about relationships. If you're in the room and you're not married, it's okay. This still applies to you. This applies to, to, to 
kids and their, and their parents. I mean, you can take some of the stuff we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks and you can apply it to a lot of different relationships in your life. But the filter that I'm using is through the context of marriage. So just understand that. Let's pray. Father, we thank you right now. And Father, we release our faith again today. God, we know that the entrance of your word brings light and it brings understanding. And Father, we want your word. We want your thoughts. We don't want just man's opinions on human behavior. We want your thoughts. Father, we know that you created the marriage. You created man and woman. And Father, we know that there's a way that we can live in this world and not just get by, but Father, have those feelings we once had. Father God, I pray that you would speak to every single person. You know where they are in this whole gamut called life. And Father, I, I pray that you would speak through the points, through the verses, and in between my thoughts, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who don't uh, know us, maybe you're new with us, Tyra and I, sitting on the front row right here, cute curly-headed girl, um, we've been married for over 26 years. We were high school sweethearts. Um, we graduated high school together. We went to Bible school, graduated Bible school together, started ministry together. We had, we've raised now three beautiful children together. Um, we have now entered, as of last month, the empty nester phase, and we couldn't be happier, you know, with, with each other. You know, could, couldn't be happier for that. But it's, it's a great season, and a lot of people are asking us, what's your secret sauce? Like, what is it? You know where we get that phrase, secret sauce, right? This is like back in the 70s, McDonald's ran a marketing campaign for their Big Mac, two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, onions, pickles on a sesame seed bun. We remember that, right, for those of us who were around in the 70s. Anyway, um, they ran that, and, and there was something about their secret sauce that made the Big Mac addicting. At least that's what everybody thought. And so people are saying, what's the secret sauce? Like, if I could just know what your secret sauce is, maybe I could have the same relationship that you guys have. Well, you don't... You don't our relationship is our relationship, but God wants you to have the, the relationship that he wants for you. Amen, everyone? And there is a secret sauce where you can still have those feelings. You can still have those butterflies. I'm telling you, and I'm speaking the truth. You Ask her. Ask her to be truthful with you. When I walk in, after I've been gone for a few hours, if her, if her butterflies do not just start to pitter-patter in her, in her chest, you know what I mean? And it's the same. It's the same. She's agreeing. And it's not just because I'm the preacher. Like, she believes this, and I believe this. Open your Bible to Matthew chapter 20. I'm going to teach you why. I have to give you a little bit of backdrop, though, okay? So Matthew chapter 20, Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, and two of his disciples, their mom, all right? So we all have, you know, those boys that are a little closer to their mom. That's the sons of Zebedee here. So the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him, him being Jesus. Uh, what is it you want, he asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. And, it, and she's talking about, you know what, when we get to heaven, when you sit on your throne and you're reigning for all eternity, can one of my boys sit on your right hand and my other boys sit on your left hand? In other words, I want them to be honored. I want them to have a place of authority, right? And I can imagine the boys going, Mom, you're embarrassing us. 
but really, is that an option? You know, like, like I can imagine what's going on. But look how Jesus replies, verse 22. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? And again, this was before the scourging, before the crucifixion, before the cross. And what Jesus is saying is, you know what? You don't, you don't know what it's going to take for me to, to sit on that throne one day. Can you, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? And you know, I don't, I don't in any way mean to put myself in the same position as Jesus. And I'm not here to tell you that our relationship is compared to going to the cross. But there are people that want what we have, but they're not willing to do what we do. There's a lot of couples out there that want what we have, but they're just not willing to do what we do. Verse 22, he says, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We can, they answered. Like, tell us what the secret sauce is, right? So he does. He explains to them what's, what their future looks like. Verse 24, when the ten heard about this, so the other ten disciples heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. I can imagine them going, you asked him what? Like you could have the place of honor. Jesus called them together. He could tell that this was becoming an issue. They all wanted that seat of authority. They all wanted that place of honor. In verse 26, he says, um, actually back up, Jesus called them together, verse 25, and he said, you know that the rulers uh, of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. In other words, everybody wants to be in charge. And people who are in charge, the reason why they want to be in charge is because they want to bark out orders, right? They want to lord it over them. No, I'm the boss. I'm the one in charge, right? I'm the one that's got the title. I'm the one that's got the position. Jesus is recognizing this. But look what he says in verse 26. Not so with you, fellas. Not so with you. You want to be first, he gets into it. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Verse 27, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. And some of you are in the room are like, Martha, grab your purse. We're, we're going. This is, not what I, this is not what I signed up for, right? If you want to know the secret sauce of our relationship, it is typed out right here in Matthew chapter 20. Verse 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The secret sauce to any great relationship, any great marriage is this. The greatest marriages in the world are two servants who are in love. Not one servant and one taskmaster. In fact, I'll tell you this, the worst marriages in the world are two selfish people in love. Like they actually love each other, but in a sober moment, they are selfish people. And there are people right now in the room, you're already evaluating whether you want to listen to anything else I have to say right now, because I'd rather have a bland marriage than give up what I want to do. I'd rather have a boring marriage than give up what I want to do. But I'm telling you, friends, if you'll, just, if you'll just sprinkle a little salt and pepper on this thing 
and you'll listen to me for the next few minutes, I will help you have an amazing marriage and still get to do what you want to do. Two servants in love say this, I'm not happy until you're happy. I'm not happy until you're happy. It's an honest question that wants a genuine, honest answer. And it's simply this. Are you okay? Like you genuinely want to, like, are you okay? We want to know, are you okay? Most of us will never ask our spouse that question because we're afraid they will answer it. We're afraid of what, we're terrified we're terrified of the response. And here's, here's your response if they say no. Well, then I'll walk through cut glass if necessary to make it right. I'll crawl through cut glass in order to fix it if that's what's necessary. Because the number one thing I do in my life is I serve God. And the number two thing I do is I serve, I serve that woman. I serve you. Genesis chapter 2, that's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. The Bible says they become one flesh. They become one flesh. The most powerful number in the world is one. In fact, Jesus was praying for the church before he went to the cross. In John 17 verse 11, towards the end of the verse, the Holy Father, he says, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one, even as we are one. Jesus prayed that we would be one with him and one with each other. There is such a profound intimacy that's available in God. That the only thing that God could use to describe it was one. The intimacy that, that a husband and wife can share, the only thing that God could describe it is that word one. We're created by love to love. We're created by one to be one. The question is, are you okay? So the first ingredient of any healthy marriage, the first ingredient in the secret sauce is they're two completely selfless people serving each other and becoming one. I mean, that's, that's basically it. God bless you guys. See you next week. I mean, that's, that's, that's all I got. That's, it. that's really it. That's it. You want the answer? We're, we serve each other. And people ask us the question, well, how do you serve your spouse? The number one way to serve your spouse is to put their needs above yours. Because it proves, it proves the law of priority in your marriage. There are four laws to marriage that if you just understood, like the law of gravity, you can't break it. I mean, you can, you, can, you can manage it, you know what I mean, in an airplane, but you can't break it. If you understand these four laws of marriage, you have a 100% chance of, of, of having a beautiful, wonderful marriage for the rest of your life. One of those pillars is the law of priority. It's the law of pro- priority. And what it asks is, what are you willing to give up for me? 
for me. It's the law of priority. Are you willing to give up your friends? Well, she shouldn't make me give up my friends, or he shouldn't make me give up my friends. Well, if your friends are leading you down wrong paths, or if you're spending more time with your friends than you are at home, then I think I actually want to ask you to give up your friends. Well, my friends have been here long before you, woman. But she'll be there long after they're gone. Tyra and I walked through a season, and she, we had a conversation, and we both agreed. Um, she says, I think you're spending too much time on social media. And she asked me to, to go off of social media, Facebook, Instagram, all of it. And I said, that's what you want? She says, that's what I want. I said, Okay. And I'm like, but did you see the cat video? The cat video is super funny. The cat, can I at least? And she was like, no, all social media. And so for those of you who've been tracking along with this, I've been off of all social media for months now. Why? Because she asked me to. And I want her to feel like she's a priority in my life. And besides that, I don't need hours of gossip in my life. Moving right along. Amen. People will ask, well, how are you serving each other? How are you serving each other? We have conversations all the time, discussions, and we come to agreements. And it's a give and take, and we understand that. And if, if I'm going to say something and I'm going to request something, then I'm going to want something, or she's going to want something in return, right? It's, 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 this is how negotiations are made. But you know what? It works in marriages also. There was a season recently in our marriage. We wanted our, even after 26 years, we're looking for ways to make it spicier. You know what I mean? to go deeper in our intimacy and our love for each other. Sprinkle a little cayenne pepper on it. You know what I mean? And um, we had a, like, she wanted me to do something, and I wanted her to do something. And I'm like, well, what do you want me to do? She says, I need you to dial up your sense of adventure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry? I, I want you to dial up your sense of adventure. And I knew right what she was talking about. I don't do roller coasters, okay? I don't do them. If the uh, sign says, don't walk on the grass, I don't walk on the grass, right? If, 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 if we're supposed to be there at 10 a.m., then I want to be there at 9.50 a.m. Because if you're planning on being late, or if you're planning on being on time, you're planning on being late, and she's not that way. She wants to grab life by the tail. You know what I mean? She's like, the whole reason we have grass is to walk on it, right? And she, that's just the way she is. She's that, she has that mentality. She says, you know, if people wanted us there at 9.50, they would have told us at 9.50. They said be there by 10, so why should we be there early, right? I need you to dial up your sense of, it, of, of, of excitement, of adventure. And so I'm like, okay. Okay, so now in the back of my head, I'm living my life with this request, dial up your sense of adventure. Dial it up. Dial it up. And so just a few weeks ago, we were, we were at home. It was nighttime, and Tyra's like, we live on two acres or so, and, and we've got this 100-foot cliff, and at the bottom of this 100-foot cliff is this fishing dock that she's worked really hard over the summer to turn it into this cute little fishing dock, right? So it's late. I'm like, I'm, I'm started that, that, that mode towards bed. You know what I mean? I'm thinking bed is in my future. And she leans over and she says, um, hey, let's go down to the fishing dock. And I'm like, it's dark. 
She's like, yeah? I'm like, it's, there's like creepy things out there right now. That's when, they all, that's when they all come out. Remember, we put our trash out at night and the trash is all over the yard in the morning. That's because there's animals out there at night, okay? And so she's like, let's go down. And, but right as I'm saying it, I hear in the back of my head this little voice, dial up your sense of adventure. Dial up your sense of adventure. And I'm like, sounds great. I'll put my shoes on, you know? And it's not like, that's not what she wants. She wants me to dial up my sense of adventure and go down to the daggum dock at 10 o'clock at night. That's what she wants. And so I do. I start, and we start going down there, and I don't have, I don't have a gun. I have a, I, have a, I have a BB gun. I'm pumping this baby up, you know what I mean? I put it on my back, you know, like, a, like the hunter that I am. More like Elmer Fudd. But anyway, I start, I start walking down, and sure enough, I swear I hear a roar. You know we've got mountain lions in Mays County now. You read the article, right? I heard something. You know, and I got my BB ready, all right? And we go down to the dock at 10 o'clock at night, and guess what happens? Nothing. We laugh, and we fish, and we have a really, really good time. And she's satisfied because I dialed up my sense of adventure. And she was happy with that. I served her in that moment. I can't tell you what, what my part of the deal was in our negotiation because some things just aren't appropriate in church. You know what I'm saying? Even during a Spice It Up series. But we serve each other. Another way that you serve each other is by our time. Did you know that your time is a valuable commodity? Once it's gone, it's gone. It's just like money. You spend money, the money's gone. You got to make more money, right? They're not making more time. So once you spend time, it's gone. But here's the thing. Just like time or just like money, you don't spend money on new golf clubs in a bass boat first and then go buy groceries, and so I don't spend my time doing all these other things and not leave her any time. Your marriage will suffer if that's what happens. You can have happily ever after if you will just manage your time with that person. And if we have time, then I'll spend it with my friends. If I, if I, my first part of my day, so my, my first and my best part of my day, I spend with my heavenly father. I get up way before she gets up. I mean, it's, it's dark. I feel like it's the middle of the night when I get up and hang, I hang out with Jesus. And then I know about 7 o'clock or so, I'll go work out, and then I'll come back. And I know about 7 o'clock or so, she's going to start stirring around in the bed. That's when she's coming out of REM sleep, right? Her eyes stop shifting, you know, when she's asleep. And so I bring her a cup of coffee every morning, and I spend that first part of my morning with her. Because my relationship with Jesus is first, and my relationship with her is number two. It's, it's second. And so every time, I tell my assistant, don't book anything until after 10 a.m. Why? Because I'm spending the first part of my morning with her. I realize that not everybody has that luxury. And we used to not have that time of that luxury. We didn't. In fact, the next thing that we prove our love with each other is our energy levels. When we are together, it's not... 
I'm exhausted. I had such a hard day. I just want to go to bed. And again, there are seasons that that's just the way it is. But it's not our life. Are you with me? I can remember when I was working construction. It's hot outside. And I'm exhausted at the end of the day. The only thing I want is a shower, a good meal, and a tall drink of water. You know what I mean? Because I'm dehydrated. And then if I sit down for any length of time, it is not, it's just, it's not a matter of, I mean, seconds, and I'm already starting to fall asleep. Well, I wasn't giving her the energy she desired when we were together. Time and energy is not watching television. Time and energy is, is meeting each other's needs. And so we found out that, you know, we used to feed and water the kids, you know, put them to bed, and then we'd, we'd go to bed, and she'd want she'd to have a conversation. Like, I'd slide into bed after a long day, and she's like, well, how was your day? It's fine. Good night. <laughs> you know, and I'd, I'd go to sleep. And, it was, and what happened was it put us on this little cycle where she felt like she wasn't getting my best time or my best energy. And listen, I'm working, I'm working 12-hour days on doing construction, but I realized it was hurting the very most important thing in my life, and it's my marriage with my wife. And so it got to the point, we'd feed and water the kids. We'd put them to bed. We'd go out on the back porch, because as far away from, from my pillow as possible, and we'd go out on the back porch. She'd, she'd make me a cup of coffee, so I'd have a little, a little shot of energy. And we would spend time and energy together. We serve each other with our attitude. I want her to feel, listen to me, fellas. I want her to feel like I want to be with her. Not, all right, what do you want to talk about? Just go to bed. Just go to bed. I want her to feel my attitude and her attitude towards me. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. So our time, our energy, and our attitude are the ways we prove our priority to each other. Another ingredient in our secret sauce is communication because it's a big deal. The University of Washington did a study of 2,000 couples for over a 20-year period of time, and they asked them questions when you are in conflict with your spouse, do you feel unloved or do you feel disrespected? 83% of the men surveyed said when we're in conflict, like when we're arguing, yeah, I feel disrespected. But you talk to their wives and 73% of the wives said when, when we're arguing, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like he doesn't love me anymore. I feel unloved in those, men, in those moments. And it's funny how we as humans have to conduct a 20-year-long survey and research when these little details about how we're wired can be found in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 22 says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, when we see that, we've always, we've always read that. Wives, submit to the husband, right? That's, that's how we've read that. That's not what it's saying. In fact, it goes on. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Tyra and I, like she, she will do, defer to me. Like we have conversations. And she'll, she'll, at the end of the day, she'll be like, but it's whatever you want. It's whatever you want. And I'm like, but what do you, what, but what do you think? Well, this is what I think. I, I, I think we should do that. Right? 
It's, it's, it's how it works. Then it goes on to say, um, in verse 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own body. Wives, submit to your husband could be translated, just respect the dude. Just respect the dude. Like, don't get cynical. Don't get lippy. Don't get, you know what I mean? Like, just respect the guy. Listen without interrupting. Shows him respect. Even if he is wrong, listen. Listen without interrupting. And husbands, love your wives. Not just love her, but love her like Christ would love her. In fact, verse 33 puts it plainly. However, each one of you must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Most men and women are motivated differently. I I did it. I've I've taught on this before, but it's just so good. And we've got a lot of new people worshiping with us this weekend, and I want to make sure I share it like I've shared it in the past. There was a book in a life group curriculum that we found called Love and Respect by Emerson Egridge. And he starts, com- he starts comparing how ladies will hear like they've got pink headphones on, right? And what's ever coming up that pink wire into her pink headphones is how she hears it. And because like on iPhones, you know, you got the little thing, you can talk in it. Because she hears pink, she will speak pink. Well, fellas, they have blue headphones on. And when they hear it comes up that blue wire into their blue headphones, and then they hear blue and they will speak blue. And that's just how it works. And it's not wrong, it's just different. Let me illustrate it for you. Fellas, when she says, I have nothing to wear, what she means is I have nothing new to wear, okay? I have nothing new to wear. Because I go into her closet, and she says, I have nothing to wear. I'm like, this whole side of the closet is yours. Like, it's all your clothes. What do you mean you don't have anything to wear? Well, what she hears is, I have nothing new to wear. When he says, ladies, I have nothing to wear, what he means is, I have nothing clean to wear, right? That's what he means when he says that, okay? So, so let me illustrate it. So when she's got her pink headphones on and she's talking to a 10 of her best friends who are all wearing pink headphones, and she says, I have nothing to wear. These 10 girls will get up and say, me either, girl. Let's go shopping. You know what I mean? And that's, that's what they do. That's what they hear. They understand each other. And then you've got all the fellas, and he comes up wearing his blue headphones, and they've got all their blue headphones on. I ain't got nothing to wear. They all say, she ain't doing your laundry? <laughs> That's what they hear. They hear it through the blue. It's the same exact phrase, but they hear it differently. It's not wrong. It's just different. Amen. I'll illustrate it a different way. The husband's getting dressed in the morning, and the wife is there getting dressed also. She looks in the mirror, and she's like, "Woo, this is fitting a little snug. I think I need to go on a diet. The man, knowing that her birthday is next month, goes and buys her the latest and greatest diet book out there, wraps it up, gives it to her, The man who has heard through his blue headphones thinks, this is the greatest idea ever. 
Like, she wants to lose weight. I'm going to be her hero. Like, this is, this is what everybody's talking about. And besides that, it worked for the girl at the office, and she lost a bunch of weight, right? Don't put that in the card, by the way. And, and he'll hand that to the lady, right? And the woman who is filtering everything through pink, she hears, I'm not acceptable to you anymore. Like, you just think I'm overweight. You think I'm fat. And I, I, unless, you're never satisfied unless I'm a supermodel. That's what, that's what she hears. And he's like, no, you said you wanted to go on a diet. I thought I was helping, right? Give a man a diet book. He'll say, thanks, what's for dinner? <laughs> right? A marriage book. The woman comes home because she's been at church and she's seen this couple that's had this great marriage and she wants to have a great marriage. And so she brings home her third marriage book now and hands it to the fella. She thinks pink and wants love. He thinks, or she thinks if she reads this, he's going to fall hopelessly in love with her and together they're going to make this wonderful music together. Well, he hears blue and he hears I don't accept you. I don't, I don't, our marriage is, is not working and it's your fault. And unless you change, here's a book, read something. Do you see the difference? Amen. It's not wrong, it's just different. So you got to understand that, which is why we ask the question, are you okay? Well, you think I'm fat. No! It's not what I said. No, you, you gave me a diet book. You said you wanted to lose weight. Well, that doesn't mean buy me a diet book. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Moving right along. All right. The fifth ingredient in our secret sauce that's worked for us is simply the phrase follow through. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Do what it says. Friends, you know what type of people get results in the world? Doers. You know what type of people get their prayers answered? Doers of the word. I don't understand how come God. I don't understand how come life. I don't understand. Listen. Good intenders don't get what they want in the world. The Bible says, be doers of the word. Not intenders, not someday'ers, not I'm working on it-ers. <laughs> doers of the word. And listen, it's not just him. You just need to be a doer. No, no, no. It's you. You work on you. You work on you and let God work on them. You be a doer of the word. You're not fixing them. You're fixing you. And this is, this is, the, this is are you being selfless? See, the opposite of selfish is selfless. It's not, is he being selfless or is she being selfless? It's, am I being selfless? And a lot of people are like, well, I'll change when they change. 
And I don't have time to break into this, but you guys, if, if you've worshiped with us for any length of time, you've heard me talk about the crazy cycle. And the crazy cycle is, well, I'll change if they change. And they say, well, I'll change if they change. Well, no, well, I'll change if they change. Cha you see what happens? And you start to get on this cycle. And I'll be honest, there was a season when we were on this crazy cycle, and it was spinning out of control. And when you've been on a crazy cycle for any length of time, you get dizzy. And that's why you want off the ride. You're just on the crazy cycle. And I, I, I didn't want this. I didn't want this relationship. I didn't want this marriage. And I knew divorce wasn't an option because our kids deserve better than that. I, we weren't ever at the place of divorce. I just knew I wasn't happy, and I knew she wasn't happy. So I made a decision. I was going to tell her yes to everything she asked. Someone had to get off the crazy cycle. So I just backed out of it. Not out of my marriage. Out of my, my plans, my desires, my wishes. I just backed out of them. Hey, can we go to my parents' house tonight? Yes. Hey, can we hang out with these people? Yes. Hey, can we stay in tonight? Yes. And it wasn't, oh, yes. It was, is that what you want to do? It is. Okay. Hey, can we do this together? Sure. And what I did, I went through a season of saying yes to everything she asked. Everything she asked. Yeah, sure. And what I did is I stepped off the crazy cycle. And I reached over and I grabbed a hold of it and I stopped it in a season of yes. Which, by the way, works with your kids. I was in a season where I felt like I was telling my kids no all the time. No, 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 no. Can we? No, 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 no. And so I told Tyra, I was like, hey, I'm entering a season of yes with our kids, just so you know. Anything they ask, I'm probably going to tell them yes. Because we're in this crazy cycle. We're in this doom loop. And she's like, okay. I said, so we may be going to Chuck E. Cheese, just so you know. <laughs> anyway, so, so, so it works. And what ended up happening, I backed out of this crazy cycle, and I stopped the crazy cycle from spinning. And the minute she, the, her world stopped spinning because she was so dizzy because we were on the crazy cycle, she then began telling me yes. I was serving her. She stopped. I stopped the crazy cycle, which she'll probably tell you she's the one that got off the crazy cycle and started telling me yes. It doesn't matter who went first. I'm convinced it was me. We stopped it. And we became two serving people in love. Absolutely in love. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Forgets what we talked about last week. Forgets what he said he would do or would stop doing. Are you with me? But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they heard, but doing it, will be blessed in what they do. 
So many people want what we have, but they're just not willing to do it. They're just not willing to do what we do. I promise you, if you will, you will live happily ever after. And you'll still get to do what you want to do. But you'll get, you'll get a best friend in the process. Amen, everyone? Let me pray for you. Father, I realize that in this room are couples who are in the doldrums of their relationship. The doldrums is a nautical term that sailors use when they get into the part of the ocean where there is no breeze and there is no current and there's no movement. And Father, there are people that are in the doldrums and they just want movement. And they know that the only way that there's going to be movement, if they just stick a paddle in the water and they start moving it in themselves. And God, so many of them, they're tired. They feel like they're the only ones paddling. Father, my prayer is, is over the next five weeks as we begin to look at how you created marriages, God, that the Holy Spirit would just breathe would just breathe on relationships, would breathe new life into relationships, and their cells would, would catch that wind, would catch that breath, and there would begin to be movement again, Father, towards a destiny that they want, that they desire, that you actually intended them to have, Father. That's our prayer. God, that we could bring life back into relationships. In Jesus' name. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.